You're listening to The Great Groups Podcast. Our goal is to equip small group leaders at Brook Hills and beyond to make disciples through effective group ministry. You'll hear from Jay Gordon, who has more than 30 years of experience in leading church small group ministries. And he'll be joined by Chris Amaro, one of the small group leaders for the church at Brook Hills. And often, you'll also enjoy interviews with other small group leaders. So enjoy the commute, and thanks for listening to The Great Groups Podcast. I'm Jay Gordon. Hey, I'm Chris Amaro. And I am Nate Farrow. Nate, that's a new voice. Who are you again? (laughs) Nate, tell us who you are. Uh, What's up, guys? I'm Nate Farrow. I'm the uh, co-host of the Great Groups podcast. (laughs) For tonight, anyway. We'll take it. Uh, Should I get a box? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're thinking about sliding Nate in and sliding you out. It's kind of awkward to have to talk to you about this, Chris. (laughs) We hate to do it on the air. It's been working out for you. It's definitely effective. (laughs) It's not you, it's Jay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Good stuff. What else about you, Nate? Yeah, I'm Nate Farrow, <laughs> uh, singles minister at Brook Hills, and also work with our men's ministry. So I've had the uh, privilege of working alongside Jay for the last five years. So yeah. And tell us about your family. Yep, I'm married to Rachel. Uh, we've been married for five years, too. So we got married um, about two weeks before I started at Brook Hills. So uh, we've been married for five years, have a little daughter, Lila, who is almost, she's three and a half now. Um, and we have a soon-to-be uh, brought into this world son, Elijah. Who oh, is, congratulations. Uh, Congrats. Yeah. Rachel is 29 weeks pregnant. So, oh, wow. Yeah, we're excited, looking forward to that. have no idea what we're about to get into. We've kind of got the one kid thing down, so yeah. I don't know what's about to happen. It's all about to change. Yeah. <laughs> well, Chris, I'm about to do it. We were trying to do an episode without mentioning coronavirus, but I started to say, you just did it. and I caught myself, you that, just did it. Yeah. that um, you know, Coronavirus has has made me sad because Nate's daughter Lila would come by, and I kind of collect toys from um, uh, what's that restaurant Chick Fil A mm-hmm. and McDonald's and and I save them up till Lila's visiting and and uh, I'll give her one of those um, toys so that Nate has more junk at his house. You know nice. how that is. Yeah. <laughs> so your office is like a treasure chest. Yes, of un- unwanted Happy Meal toys. I, I save those. So she looks forward to that every week. Cool. <laughs> well, let's get into some content. You ready? Let's do it. All right. Well, we didn't even say the title. but We sure didn't. You probably read that, but um, <laughs> today we're going to give tips for new small group leaders. You know, regardless of the pandemic going on, it's been a f- pretty fruitful year. Um, we do uh, leader interviews. We do small group basics. And over the summer, believe it or not, I've, I've uh, had quite a number of new leaders go through small group basics. Some of those to replace uh, leaders that were transitioning out and some starting new groups. We had a chance in the last few weeks to start two new online groups in essence. So we're excited about that. And so I thought as a lot of new people are coming on, it might be a good time to just say, hey, if you're new, you know, here's some things to think about. So my number one thought was just love people. You know, that's that's so important that we find ways to love people. Uh, within the last couple of years, I chose to be in a discipleship group that was hosted outside of Brook Hills with some pastors. And the guy that was leading that, he just loved me, you know, in a way that I don't think anybody else really has before, somebody leading me in discipleship. And it's okay for men to tell one another, hey, I love you, brother, you know, and and it's okay for, um, for people just to show interest in someone else. And so that was my first thing is just uh, loving people. 
So there's many different ways that uh, that we can love on our small groups uh, as leaders, and I'm, I'm thinking that in the many different ministries that we're we're leading small groups in too, uh, that can look very differently. I, I know my primary uh, group is a elementary parents, so we have parents who have kids going to elementary schools, but also may have younger kids or even newborns. Um, just being there, just being there when there's a baby or whenever there's a, a traumatic event, um, or even when there's just time to have fun, uh, it, it can look different for uh, for me. Mm. I'm sure with Nate, it probably looks a little different with your ministry as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think any, as you said, any life stage, you know, there are things that are certainly unique about the, the life stage that you're in. I mean, there's one, on one hand, you know, all of us have a, a, the general needs and, um, you know, desires and, and ways that we can be cared for and loved. I think with um, you know, with our with single adults in our ministry, like anybody else, I'd say one of the, the key ways that you can love them is to get to know them. So, you know, as a small group leader, no matter what group um, you're leading, I think knowing who your people are is an essential aspect of loving them. So knowing, you know, not just the, the surface level things, what their favorite football team is or <laughs> what their favorite hobbies are, those are important too, but you know, really investing uh, into relationships and getting to know, you know, what are the longings and uh, that they have, what are the, the losses or the sufferings that they've experienced, what are their desires, what they feel like their purpose in life are, you know, some of those deeper questions. And, um, you know, I think that's that's a big aspect of, you know, loving people well in small groups. And, um, yeah. I think asking questions and just spending time listening lets people know we're interested in them. You know, there's sometimes we're around people and, and, and they just talk mm-hmm. <laughs> about themselves the whole time. But, man, just stopping and listening. And um, there are different ways to show interest. Um, you know, once we were here in Birmingham and after we bought a house, the guy I co-lead with on Sunday morning, my Sunday morning group, um, you know, we told him we'd recently bought a house and moved in. And they came by that afternoon unannounced just to nice. see it. And I'm going, okay. It just told me they're interested in, in me. And, um, you know, I kind of passed that on this past week. There's a, a lady in our small group that bought a house over in Alabaster. And so, uh, I just texted her and said, hey, we're coming by. We want to see your house, you know. And so, anyway, just showing interest in people is important. Yep, that's good. Well, Nate, what's your uh, next tip? Yeah, number two, um, you know, I think that as a, as a new small group leader, um, as a follower of Jesus, but <laughs> also as a new small group leader, just um, remembering that prayer is an essential aspect of um, our lives. And, you know, I, I wrote down a, a quote here from a book that I'm reading by, um, John Anwu Chekwa, I think that's how oh, you say it. Can you spell that? Wow. <laughs> yeah. I will not attempt, but okay. um, John O, as he is um, yeah. known around these parts, actually we, we heard some, our pastor was talking about him tonight, but he wrote a book on prayer, and um, you know, one of the ways he talks about or encourages us to think about prayer is prayer uh, is breathing, mm-hmm. and so, you know, just kind of thinking about that aspect of um, you know, I even, I kind of changed it up a little bit and say prayer as oxygen. And just, uh, you know, a few weeks ago I was in Colorado and had, was, uh, there with my family and we drove up to Pikes Peak and, um, you know, we got to the top and it was just amazing. It's like 14,000 feet and just a beautiful place, but you get out and start walking around and just immediately you can feel the altitude difference and the lack of oxygen at that height and so just kind of thinking about that you know the the losing oxygen you feel it really quickly Mm. and um, you know prayer is our connecting to the Lord you know it's a way for us to have communion with him for us to to be in relationship with him but it's also a way to remind us of our dependency on him you know I think uh, a lack of 
prayerlessness in my own life often reveals um, selfishness that, that I'm walking through or self-righteousness that I feel, you know, that I feel like I can handle things on my own and I'm not necessarily dependent on the Lord. And so it's important for, for us as individuals and, to, you know, there's so many things as a small group leader that you're going to encounter that you're probably going to feel um, ill-equipped to deal with. And a lot of those things you probably are ill-equipped mm-hmm. to deal with. And, um, you know, I think the the promise that we have from the Lord and, and the, the reality is that we have His Spirit in us and, you know, He asks us to come to Him and to seek wisdom from Him. And so I think that cultivating that in our own lives is, is very important. But I also think as a small group, you know, um, creating a culture where prayer is not is, is more than just the you know what you tack on at the end when you when you circle around after you've been talking for two hours and now you got to do prayer requests and everybody's ready to go so we just kind of throw them out there and do a quick prayer you know um, and I'm guilty of doing that and have done that but let me tell you one thing I'm guilty yeah. of that I realized in my group something we did about a year and a half ago for the first time um, as a group leader I've got so much I want to share and I realized man I'm I'm really as people are sharing prayer requests and we're praying, I'm anxious to get through that so we can have enough time for the lesson. And so we decided once a quarter we were just going to have a prayer time and dedicate the whole time. And I'll tell you, it was relaxing to me as a leader, and it was just it was an awesome time to take a whole group session just to pray. It, and so that might be something you guys want to try from time to time. Yeah. yeah, and I would say, I mean, just to just to encourage you know myself and all of us anyone who's leading a small group to incorporate prayer as as just a steady diet in our groups you know we are all in need of that and you know just as thinking through a couple of ways that practically what what does that look like what are some ideas like Jay shared and Chris you were sharing one uh, before we started I thought it was really great too yeah so essentially we can be reactive in our prayer because we're hearing prayer requests that night and we're we're responding to that and we're praying intentionally but also, uh, we like to take time as a group to say, okay, all right, for the next Wednesday or whatever, whenever group meets, uh, we're going to be intentional with that night on prayer. Uh, so we're, the prayers are, or the requests are prepared ahead of time and sent into the group so that there's a list pre, you know, ahead of time. Um, but what's really cool about that, though, is usually, you know, at the end of a small group, one person's praying. Most of the time, there's a select few that are always going to be called on or, or be the person to pray. Uh, and I know myself as a, as a leader, I struggle with having one or two or three people always being the people that pray. Um, what's beautiful about this night though is, uh, and we, I mentioned this a couple of episodes ago about praying to every, every child. Um, we'll do spouses, we'll do husbands and wives and just kind of alternate is that every family gets to pray in front of each other. Um, and that just removes any kind of you know, worry about, am I going to say the right things? Am I going to sound silly? We just want to pray. Yeah. And once once that layer is broken, it opens up a growth in your ability to pray in front of others that you would never do on your own. Yeah. Um, and so it's really beautiful to be a part of, to witness. Um, and it's, it's just a lot of fun to hear how each of us pray so differently, yet it's all beautiful and perfect in God's ear, God's eyes yeah. or ears. Eyes, yes. Ears? I guess it'd be both. 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 Yeah. We'll take up both. But yeah. So, um, but it, it really is special to, to be great. a part of. Yeah. I love that example. Cause I love that, you know, just this idea of working as a small group leader, I think it's, it's important to work to normalize prayer, you know, mm-hmm. that's just, yeah. it's something that so many of, uh, of, 
folks of us are, are, you know, scared to voice it out loud and scared to talk about it. And I think the more we can normalize it and say this is a part of our life as believers, not just individually, but together, you know, it yeah. is awesome. One of the things I was thinking, you know, really, we as small group leaders, we teach the word and we create an environment. But the real work that's done in changing hearts and lives, that's Holy Spirit work. And mm-hmm. so, like Nate had mentioned, we, we are dependent on God for those things. Um, one other thing I do that um, that you guys might want to consider, uh, use a prayer mate, uh, use a prayer app. There, there are some things like Prayer Mate. There's one called Echo that Pastor Matt uses, and um, you can just put the members of your group in there to help remind you in the morning when you're praying. You know, of course, an old paper prayer list or note card will work too. But two, when you pray for people, just send them a text say, "Hey, I prayed for you today," and that can be something that's really meaningful to people. Quick side story on that. Um, I I was floored one night uh, as a small group leader. Uh, we were discussing um, one of our prayer topics, and uh, one of the members of my group mentioned that he had a journal that he'd been keeping, and it was a journal of every prayer request that his kids, his wife, and he had made, and he had been keeping this for years, and the reason he brought it up is because they had, had been through some discouraging times, and um, he was helping another family walk through a discouraging time. He was saying, whenever I feel like my prayer hasn't been answered the way I want it to be answered because I'm human and I want to control my, the answers to my prayers, and I have to remind myself that you know God answers them three ways, yes, no, or not now, he would go back to that prayer journal, and he would just look at the very, very, very many ways that God has answered so many prayers and find confidence and faith in just that and sharing that with his wife and kids, and it was mm. really incredible. So. I think all my families are now keeping prayer journals in their in their homes. Awesome. So I was like, thank you, brother, for sharing that. Yep. So. One other thing I thought of, I think it's important for us as a leader to be transparent in some ways and let people know the uh, the pains of our own heart and things mm-hmm. that we're taking to the Lord. And, um, you know, it, it really creates the picture that we're on a spiritual journey with them and not just leading them. And, you know, we're not perfect. We don't have it all together either. And so I, I think prayer is important. Which is a great segue into my tip. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. I, I am so imperfect in the way I lead, and I, I'm quick to call myself and say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm terrible at this sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say, we all have to understand that the role of a small group leader is 50% uh, disciple-making, 50% multiplication training or leadership training, and 100% community care. You're mathematically challenged, aren't you, Chris? <laughs> should be, because it should it should never add up. That's my point. It should never add up because they're all so vital. Um, but you you have to you have to understand that you're not going to be the best disciple maker. You're not going to be the best, you know, leadership trainer or uh, multiplication training. But you do have to be there, yeah. and and I think that. Um, as long as you're willing to be there and willing to shoulder and walk through whatever dirt or muck is going on, but also be willing to praise and glorify God's name in all of it, you're going to be so effective and so encouraging to others. Yeah. So it's my son. I'd even say, man, to your point of, you know, you don't have to be perfect. I would even say you're not supposed to be. You Absolutely. Know, the, the Absolutely. Lord did not yeah. design that. And I think that, you know, sometimes when, when we're tempted to, um, really chase after the the perfection, or you know, kind of kind of put on the facade to our groups that there is that we've got it all together. 
um, you know, I think sometimes that can even be discouraging to people in your group, you know, and yeah. um, I know, you know that that's been the case for, for myself and others is like, man, I don't, I definitely don't think I can live up to that. But I think the whole point of being a disciple is modeling, you know, not perfection, but faithfulness to, to the Lord. Absolutely. And man, it's so encouraging and refreshing to me. Anytime I hear a leader who is willing to, to acknowledge, like, I don't have it all together and, you know, I do want to be faithful to the Lord or, or I don't have all the answers either. You know, that's always nice too. We can, again, prayer is essential Mm. (laughs) for reasons like that. If we look into the Bible, we, we see all the perfect people that God chose to implement his mission on earth. (laughs) It's a a long list of misfits (laughs) and disqualified people (laughs) and God used them anyway. And so that, that can encourage us that, um, Hey, God didn't choose you because you brought a lot to the table. Absolutely. Well, the fourth tip is to challenge people. And I think sometimes we're a little bit uncomfortable to uh, push into people's lives. You know, what I grew up seeing in, you know, North American Christianity is that we just teach the Word and hope that something happens with it. But um, I think it's uh, I think it's good for us to lean into people sometimes and put a little bit of a uh, loving pressure, and I I say loving pressure, it helps before we lean on people if they know we love them, you know, and that we (laughs) want the best for them. But uh, as a new leader, don't don't be afraid to challenge people. Um, It's for their good, and sometimes I feel like when we just teach the Word and don't challenge them with much application out of it, it, it's almost like throwing spitballs on the wall and hoping that something sticks. And you know, I'm not minimizing teaching the word. It's very important, but let's um, let's lean on people as well. We can't expect our our small group members to understand accountability unless we challenge them mm-hmm. and have that soft accountability. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that's one of the things I I really try to emphasize in small group basics is that every week have some type of challenge. You know, and, and most weeks we can. It's something to do, but sometimes it's just something to think or something to know. But I find that over 50, 50% of the time, we can actually challenge people to do something with, uh, with the word that we've taught. And one interesting thing, um, there's no soft accountability, no accountability the next week if we didn't challenge a week before, mm-hmm. you know. And so that's something that's uh, important to uh, realize. I'm looking forward to doing a whole session, a whole podcast on that because I've got a lot of content that I really want to present to you guys about how to do that effectively and why we wouldn't and those type of things. But for now, just realize, don't be afraid to um, maybe paint some pictures of next steps. Uh, we talk about that along our staff, among our staff a little bit about taking next steps. We need to help people see what their next step is. And often their next step may not be a big one. On a scale of 1 to 10, we might want people to go from level 2 to level 3, not from level 2 to level 10. And so... Um, Let's celebrate the small steps, but uh, don't be afraid to, to challenge people. Very good. Just in a way of challenge, um, kind of leads us to our fifth tip, which I just kind of jumped in here. I hope that's okay that you guys did, yeah, man. didn't toss <laughs> it up on? to no. trying to <laughs> step into my role as co-host. He really is a, I was say, he really is a co-host, isn't he? <laughs> He's getting quite comfortable, Chris. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> so I think, you know, at the end of the day, we one of the goals that we want to see with the, our small groups is we want to see people's faith be put into motion. You know, we're always kind of what Joe was just saying, that next step, you know, what is that next step? And I think as a group, one of the, the things that a small group leader can do to help 
uh, put tangible action into our faith is, um, you know, being intentional to lead out in involving your group in mission. And so that can look a whole host of ways, you know, depending on where you are and where your group is and all that stuff. But anything from um, looking for opportunities to serve within your city is, is always a really great idea. But, you know, I, I think even thinking broader than that, you know, where are opportunities that we as a small group can take the gospel that it has not been taken? And so maybe that's in our city, but even thinking about the unreached and, you know, taking your small group, some of the funnest trips that uh, we've had or mission trips we've been on have been with the people that we're doing life with and in community with. Um, and, and the same goes for serving in our city, too. You know, there's been, uh, you know, I know one of the small groups in our ministry one year uh, for Christmas, they did something um, really simple. They went and did Christmas carols at a nursing home hmm. and did that together, you know, and uh, were able to spend some time and minister there to some of the folks living in that, that nursing home. Um, and that's just a real easy step example, but, you know, all across the board. But really thinking intentionally, how is, how is our faith being translated into action? And, and more importantly, how are we living out the mission that God has called us to as hmm. believers? One of the things for those of you at Brook Hills listening, um, our city ministries uh, puts out a weekly uh, e-news, and you guys, um, you know, if you're not receiving that, um, I recommend that you have somebody in your group who might be in charge of ministries and missions. Make sure they're getting that e-news from our city ministries. And, you know, a few weeks ago I saw that we were uh, serving food in Mark's Village in downtown Birmingham, and so sent that out to my group and said, hey, let's go. And, you know, there were three people in my group that wound up going. And, it's you know, it's a good time to serve alongside people, get to know them pretty well, and um, just an opportunity to serve. And, you know, another thing along those lines is that um, often I've seen that when people serve as a group, they later get introduced to that ministry and go back and serve individually and had we not done something as a group, they never would have gotten plugged in. So as a group leader, when you take your group on on a mission, you're opening them to uh, service opportunities and, and participating on their own that they would have never discovered before. And, you know, I'm sure this looks different for all the different ministries that are represented here tonight. Um, but as a, uh, as a small group leader over families, um, being able to go on mission with a family and possibly take some of your children if they're old enough and it's appropriate, um, some real amazing bonding takes place there. Um, and it's, it's obviously a blessing. Obviously, there's work to be done uh, when you're there in the field, but you have this, this bond that forms between y- your family and that family that's with your multiple families that are with you that uh, really that is just the Holy Spirit at work, and you'd be surprised how uh, invincible that bond is because mm-hmm. of, of what you've been together, been through together and what you've seen and Really, that bond kind of forms in the fundraising aspect of your mission, if that's the direction you're taking with it. Um, and so I highly encourage that if you're mm-hmm. you're looking for growth there. One of the things I've, I really enjoy teaching in our small group basics class, we look at growth catalysts. You know, our whole point is to make disciples. And so there have been a lot of churches who have studied this. I've been a part of churches who have looked at, okay, what really causes people to take those first steps into becoming a disciple and not just the first steps, but sometimes people come to faith in Christ at one point, and there's something later that causes them to kick their discipleship up to a new level. And actually, there are two top things. One of those we're not going to really talk about tonight because we can't control that is 
when people have crises in their lives. A second thing is involving people in missions. And we wouldn't necessarily think of that as making disciples of that person we take with us, but uh, a lot of studies have shown that that really helps increase a person's discipleship when they get involved in some type of mission effort. Very good. Well, Chris, that's about all we have time for, believe it or not. And, um, okay, we'll just go ahead and let you see behind the scenes. Chris said we would not get all 10 tips in, and <laughs> I'll go ahead and say it. I was wrong. He was right. Oh, thanks. I'm sure it, it's uh, this is all because of our third co-host, Nate. He he said so much, so much good stuff that we just didn't have time to get it all in our 25-minute goal. It's got to be somebody's fault. I know. So, Let's blame it on him. Right. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I'll take the blame, but I'm really excited about the future of this podcast and Excited to be joining you guys, and I uh, hate to see Chris go, but <laughs> looking forward to uh, what's ahead. Anyway, oh, the good news is for the listeners is they're going to get a second episode yes. on this topic. Nate, thanks for being with us, and we'll see you again next week. Thank Absolutely. you guys for having me. Well, that's all for this episode of The Great Groups Podcast. Please do subscribe on your favorite podcast app so that you won't miss the next episode. Also, visit us online at greatgroups.org and leave a comment there. We would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening today. We'll be back next time with a conversation that inspires you to make disciples. And that's the point of great groups, to make disciples.